It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 15th day of February, 2024. We are officially past the halfway mark of February. It is Thorn in the Side Thursday here. And if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between in the Great Globe Round. Well, just head over to headon.live, click on chat room, pick yourself out a screen name and a password, and uh, you'll be right up. You'll be you'll right be right up in the mid in the thick of things in the uh, conversation that takes place in these three three hours. I apologize for my tardiness. The best laid plans of mice and men gang after glee, and the best laid plans of women and wombats sometimes wind up standing in the grocery store line for an inordinate amount of time. It happens. Hi, I'm Robin, and um, I got a feeling I know what we're going to be talking about this evening. I, I, bet, I wouldn't necessarily say that for certain, but... Uh, Drayma... In Georgia. That seems appropriate. Uh, plus a number of other topics for the uh, a number of thorns for our side for this Thursday. But every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so, as a consequence, we say thank you to our subscribers for the 15th day of the month, and that means thanks ever so. Uh, to Robert, thank you, Robert, and thank you to David in Oregon, and thank you to our uh, kind anonymous friend last night for the challenge. Fundraising goal, we've managed to keep it below four digits here at the middle of the month, and that's saying something. So, oh, let me think. Uh, we are at $915, so that means basically we're looking to fund today. Wednesday, Tuesday, and $15 of last Friday. And if we can knock out a day's fundraising, then we will once again not have a, a, a four-digit fundraising hole 
Come Friday on the front porch tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> you're so right, Matt. Uh, a messed up flagellate, Matt in San Francisco says, only a messed up flagellate caused Miss Roxanne to start late. Oh, the flag, Matt, the flagellate was a was 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 just a oh, was a complete mess. But your kidneys, man, kidneys, she said, tapping her forehead. <laughs> yes, gang after glee, Robbie Burns, Anatole. The best laid plans of mice and men gang after glee. Women and wombats, I guess. I don't know. But we do. We do. We've got a lot to talk about uh, this afternoon into the evening. By the way, if you are a podcast listener, if you participate in this program via the podcast, please be so kind as to like the individual episodes on whatever pal- uh, platform you're listening on. And subscribe, and you have no idea the, the 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 joy it would bring to Brother Deacon Asa if a few people would leave reviews uh, for the program, because, and, and the algorithms would like it too, because they're terribly, terribly lonely. So the standard disclaimers apply, and. Uh, Made a new friend, and I don't know. I don't know if she's listening, but uh, if you are, glad you're here. Made a couple of new friends lately. They're like, "You do what?" I'm like, "Yeah." So, hi. You know who you are. So let's get to it. Uh, first, okay. I'm mean, start. Start with. Uh, a little note I got from Todd. The name Roxanne translated to Latin. Roxanne, Latin. One whose content and intellectual material is appropriated by others. Example, the topics and subjects from the previous program have been Roxanne. And that stems from the fact... <laughs> oh, Todd, wait a minute. You get the first cowbell of the evening. And how apropos. Because uh, 6 o'clock this morning, same thing every day. Uh, eyes blink open. It's like, what? Huh? And uh, so I turned on my filthy morning habit. And I don't know when this was. I, I missed yesterday. I don't know when this was added to the to the to the broadcast desk there with the morning zoo crew. But Mika has a bell now. No, really. Hey y'all. Hey. Loving the bell. And she hit it once. I, I haven't I haven't figured out what the rules are, but she she it's it's a bell like you know, it's a call bell, like on a countertop, you know, ding. Instead of a cowbell, probably because it's TV and the and the and the, the motions necessary for ringing a cowbell are a bit too much, and it can be loud if you are not an expert ringer of cowbells. But no, really. And so I sent a I, I immediately sent a note off to Todd, going, "You seeing this?" 
girl has a bell. And Todd responded in fairly short order, saying, hey, lady, I noticed it also, including the show content. It's wonderful to be emulated. The usage of your program material now includes props. Mika had ears. And then followed up with the Latin definition of to Roxanne. <laughs> uh, so it it started merry, wacky, and zany for sure today, and went rather rapidly downhill. You know, it's usually they rerun the first hour, but I didn't see, I didn't see them rerun the segment with the bell. I was trying to figure out what the rules are. I don't know, Matt. Did you did you, did you catch the bell too? I uh, I jumped on Messenger and. Uh, because uh, I knew she was already there because she's been sending me <laughs> she's been sending me Trumpy and Valentines I'm, I'm talking about Joy in Ann Arbor um, <laughs> some of these are uh, some of these are just too good there was a picture of a spork foot with painted nails look sweetie I painted them just for you happy Valentine's Day love Marge and then a, pic, a picture of the incredibly man, masculine man of masculine masculinity, Ron Monkey Up DeClantis. This Valentine's Day, I'm pudding, pudding, you ahead of the pack with a few with some with snack pack yogurts along with Monkey Up's gob. But the best one was last from Midas Touch Network. It's pink. Mike Pence didn't have the cur Mike Pence didn't have the courage to ask you to be my Valentine. With a little picture of Mike Pence, neck geek, down in the corner. But Joy was uh, Joy was taking one for the team and watching the Georgia hearing, as many of you did. As I did. And what an exercise in tomfoolery. And there seems to be a consensus that this thing was just a complete miscarriage of justice. But talk about high drama. She was not she was not expected to testify. She was not compelled to testify. But in a truly dramatic moment, Fonnie Willis walked into the court courtroom, and even though her counsel advised her against it, said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no." I am going to testify, and as uh, Joy pointed out, uh, I saw where I saw where a, a sister said, "Fonny's giving him a two-piece and a biscuit." <laughs> she came off well on the on the witness stand. It looks like a, yeah. It was kind of, and the thing is, let's understand something. The lawyer doing the questioning is a maggot lawyer. And 
I don't know how much better than counsel for the parking garage she is. We're talking here about Ashley Merchant, who is the counsel for uh, maggot co-conspirator Michael Roman, and she was trying to get Fonnie Willis tossed off the case. That's what all this was about. And claims that Fonnie Willis was having a fling with one of the prosecutors on her team. And then one of the uh, members of the Fulton County DA's office stood up and brought the and brought the fire. This was uh, powerful. Um, I think we'd just like to address, um, I guess, an outbreak of matter of submission to the court as it relates to what was represented um, during the previous hearing um, as it relates to uh, witness testimony, uh, specifically the testimony of the uh, former uh, law partner of uh, Nathan Wade, uh, that would be Mr. Terrence Bradley, and what, uh, or what the state would like court to understand and realize that is that in preparation for this hearing um, in speaking to witnesses uh, and uh, doing the additional research as it relates to the comments that were uh, represented by a counsel, specifically uh, counsel for uh, Mr. Roman, uh, Ms. Merchant, that uh, we've been able to determine that the claims that the defendant has asserted and did assert and during the last hearing on Monday are not only legally meritless, but are factually unsupported um, by the statements that Ms. Merchant made to the court, um, what I would say are they're patently false. Um. Just so we all understand, all those words are polite lawyer speak for Ashley Merchant is a fucking liar. And, uh, oh, Matt in San Francisco said, I, I only hear the audio of Morning Joel yeah, I listen on my phone via earpieces. I get up at 2.30 a.m. start to work at 4, 4.30. I miss all the visuals. She has a bell, Matt. Even the co-defendant's lawyers, Matt continues, even the co-defendant's lawyers suck. Thank God our fascists trying to end democracy are stupid. Sometimes I think that's the only thing working on our side's favor. I, I Yeah, I don't... If it's, if it's a head to, If it's a head-to-head or... Well, if it's a head-to-head matchup, I'm trying to stay out of trouble here. Uh, between counsel for the parking garage and Ashley Merchant, who I don't know if there can be a winner there. But yeah, let's hear that. Let's hear that that statement again. The defendant has asserted and did assert, and during the last hearing on Monday, are not only legally meritless, but are factually unsupported um, by the statements that Ms. Merchant made to the court, um, what I would say are they're patently false. Um, they are uh, egregious misrepresentations of, of what is uh, believed that Mr. Bradley would say or even knows. Um, what I would uh, bring to the court's attention in my speaking with uh, the defense counsel for uh, Mr. Bradley, um, Mr. Chopra, is that Anything that he, any knowledge of anything he would have, would be protected under the attorney-client privilege. Um, he would assert that. Um, and that privilege has not been waived uh, by Mr. Wade. More importantly, the representation was made to the court 
that Ms. Merchant spoke to Mr. Bradley and that Mr. Bradley represented that he had first-hand knowledge from speaking to several witnesses that he would be able to impeach with the statements she represented, that there was a relationship prior to Mr. Wade being appointed special prosecutor, and that there was issues with cohabitation that he would be able to directly impeach those witnesses. That is patently false in speaking with Mr. Chopra. Those are misrepresentations that are not true. They are for the purpose of harassment and undue burden to the district attorney, and we'd ask to renew our motion to quash, and the only hearing we should be having is a hearing as it relates to sanctions for the defense counsel's lack of candor that's required by not only statutory law, the professional rules of responsibility, and case law, and we'd ask that we move into a hearing that is related to the sanctions due to misrepresentation and flagrant falsehoods that have been spread throughout the world. Flagrant falsehoods, as lawyers speak, for great, big, humongous, whopping, honking lies. In an effort to affect this case and to keep it from moving forward. With that, Your Honor, that's our request. So just a small matter of housekeeping. Yes. Small matter of housekeeping. Yeah, we'd like to have, in some jurisdictions, they're called Rule 11 sanctions against the maggot pettifogger who has been caught in an entire raft of lies, Your Honor. And as we watched earlier today, Joanne Ann Arbor shared some decidedly trenchant observations. She said, if Fonnie Willis lied, it was the same lie Clinton told, a lie about your private sex life, and since this trial is being brought by a dump operative, it makes me vomit. That's how I feel about it. And said, any minute now, we'll be talking about cigars. And Joy added that, Ashley, Ashley, it gives me a hobo vibe because the judge is having to teach her what to ask. And the question is, I mean, was this really worth gavel-to-gavel coverage? And Joy knows what time it is and knows the lay of the land. She said, white girl treating a black man like a child, this is making me sick. But again, I'm admittedly overly sensitive to this stuff. This has a Lewinsky vibe. They're going to be talking about cigars before the day is through. It feels, looks, ginned up to get rid of a black woman. I'm sensitive about these things, so I could be overreacting, plus I am not a lawyer. Like everything else touching upon Donald Trump, let's be abundantly clear about something. This, too, is just another con. Theo out in Oregon says, 
uh, Fonny Willis is a heroin, period. I listened to the live testimony and almost undid a lot of work to get my blood pressure under control. Hearing a pettifogger on cross-examination trying to enunciate condo as if it were a synonym for brothel did it for me. Just for starters, kudos to Ms. Willis for not simply punching him to a round of nationwide applause from viewers and listeners. And she maintained her cool, Fonnie Willis did, but at one point in time, Judge McAfee did, in fact, caution her. So, in 2020, so you said 2019, 2020, did Mr. Wade ever visit you at a place that you were He has never been to my home in South Fulton. 2020 was before I knew that a phone call was going to be made and I was going to have to abandon my home. As a result thereof, he never visited, lived at, came to, or has seen South Fulton. You qualified that with your home in South Fulton. I'm That's where I lived in 2020. In 2020, did he ever visit you at a place that you resided? Okay. I don't understand. You want to give me that. In 2020, so I lived in South Fulton. Okay. That's the only place I lived in South Fulton. That's before I had to abandon my home, Judge. All right. And at my okay. home in South Fulton, this, I never, he never came there, okay? So if you don't so come someplace, you can't live there. Ms. Willis, that's, I'm going to have to caution you. That's, that's going to be my first time I have to caution you. We have to listen to the questions as asked. And if this happens again and again, I'm going to have no choice but to strike your testimony. So we need to break this down. Mr. Merchant's question, I believe, was uh, asking whether you lived anywhere other than South Fulton. That's a bit of what Joy was talking about. The judge actually breaking down the question for the maggot pettifogger. I did not live anywhere but South Fulton, Georgia in 2020. That was before I began my prosecution of this case, and I it was my plan to only live there. Did Mr. Wade ever visit you at the condo that you leased from Ms. Yerdy? He visited that condo, yes. He did? Yes. Did he ever spend the night at that condo? No. Just visited? Yeah, but he did visit for sure. Did you ever go out to eat together, other than the lunches you talked about, in during 2019 or 2020? I would think that we probably went to lunch, but it wouldn't have been, let me think, 2019. I'm going to say I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say we probably broke bread someplace in 2019. I, I don't remember it, but it seems like we would have broke bread sometime in 2019. So why why can I why can I not get Anita Hill out of my head right now? You know, back when the man who would go on to become the single most crooked individual ever to hold a Supreme Court of the United States Associate Justice seat. And by that I mean Clarence pubes on the Coke can Fappy Thomas. Well, uh, during his confirmation hearings, he said he had been the victim of a high-tech lynching, but the fact of the matter was the person who got destroyed was the one, the, the woman who was willing to come forward and tell the truth about that dirty 
corrupt, vile, vulgar individual. Clarence Pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas. And the way they dragged Anita Hill through the mud. Well, I mean, triggers are triggers, aren't they? Because as I watched this, it was like, oh, all we need now is Arlen Specter. And addressing uh, addressing this issue, Stephen New York says, even if everything were true, Donald Trump is still a criminal. This is nothing but a slow-moving hit piece. And as Matt pointed out, they're not very good at it. Thank heaven. So I'm going to say yes, although I have no recollection. Um, but it seems to me like I, I go out to eat and drink with pretty much everyone, so I'm going to say yes. So outside of the vacations that we've already talked about, did you ever go out to dinner with Mr. Wade? I, I mentioned to you that I'm I I'm going to object as to what time period. Like we're asking very vague questions. I thought we were treating the witness as hostile under 611. We're no longer doing that. So are we going to go back and forth? We need to be more specific with our questions if we're going to treat her as hostile. <laughs> All right, Ms. Merchant, it's not so much. I think you can elect between leading and open-ended questions, but I think we are still wondering about, and I think we need to get back on track of focusing on the financial benefit or the relationship. And my next question about, if you did go out to dinner, who paid when you went out to dinner? He paid, I paid. You both paid. Okay, so let me be real clear. We didn't say, oh, the bill is $102. You give $51, I'll give $51. I don't operate like that with my girlfriends. I don't operate like that with anyone. He caught the bill, I caught the bill. Whomever. Did you ever pay him through Cash App? No. You only ever paid him through cash? Well, yes. Uh, we're talking about, I'm very confused You've never like, given Mr. Wade money through Cash App? No. The only money you've ever given him outside of a contract is cash. I didn't give him money in a contract, so that was cute, but I didn't give him money outside, uh, in a contract. What happened is, no, we're going to answer it since you said it. He worked. He worked more hours than he was paid, and the county paid him for the work that he did. So don't be cute with me and then think that you're not going to get an answer. Ow. I wonder if, uh, I, I wonder if the, pe- the, if the maggot pettifogger is still trying to get Fonny's stiletto out of her forehead. I got a feeling that of the two lawyers there, Fonnie Willis and Ashley, that one of them is a very, very good lawyer, and the other is a low-rent ambulance chaser. After all, who's going to work for Donald Trump? Because the the, the Roman co-conspirator is a cooperating co-conspirator. The entire thing is a fraud upon the court and should be treated as such. The fact that Tony Willis chose to testify was of some interest earlier this afternoon over on MSNBC. And some of the some of the legal experts were hmm, surprised. 
question that was asked to him repeatedly that he categorically denied. In fact, he said that he had cancer and it was a time when it was COVID, that he had to stay out of those kinds of environments, that he wasn't dating anyone at this time. It is testimony that earlier today from a former friend and colleague of Fawny Willis was contradicted, who said beginning very shortly after the time that they met at a conference in 2019, December of 2019, well before that, they started a personal relationship. And she said she witnessed examples of the personal relationship, hugging, kissing, just the way that people who are in a relationship act. But it also, the second part of this besides... Hold the hell on. Hugging and kissing? You don't have to be going to bed with someone to do that. I'm a big hugger. Occasionally, peck on the cheek. Because that's how my friends and I greet each other. But you, you have to understand that the, to the maggots, they you know th- this this is a classic case of swallow a mountain and gag on a gnat. Oh sure, their 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 orange skid mark uh, cheated on his first wife with his second wife, cheated on his second wife with his third wife, and cheated on his third wife with a porn star. That's okay. He says it didn't happen. Yeah, I saw some goober from West Virginia on social media. Uh, saying, come on now, when another individual said, well, you know, look, the West Virginia Republican Party has endorsed a proven rapist as their party's nominee for president. Well, come on now. Facts are things. A judge... A United States District Judge, an Article 3 United States District Judge, clothed with all the majesty of the federal judicial power and serving for life, specifically made a finding that their orange god emperor sexually abused a woman, Eugene Carroll, and the only reason the, ju- the jury couldn't decide whether it was rape or sexual assault or sexual abuse is because E. Jean Carroll couldn't tell at the time whether it was his thumb or his dick. I know that's graphic. No, no, it may feel a little bit like the program's already gone into the gutter. But sometimes we deal with gut with with news from the gutter, and it bears mentioning, because see here this is actually corroboration. Stormy Daniels compared his unit to a little bitty mushroom, kind of like in I don't know the Mario games. And Eugene Carroll apparently couldn't tell if it was bigger than 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 than, than his tiny the tiny thumb on his tiny hands. Uh, 
but we're going to get nice and salacious all of the, about all of this because y'all sex sells. Lord, this is gross. Um, Steve in New York. Fonnie, will you marry me? Steve. We'll talk about this later. Did he visit your condo, Emilio says? Aha! Yes, you mean exactly like Adolf visited Ava Brown. That's very clear. No further questions, Your Honor. Later. Who paid for dinner? Both of you? And did you use napkins? Who covered the tip? Uh, and uh, uh, Dave in the Blind uh, says, I'm not hostile. When the judge suggested that the lawyer ask Miss Willis leading questions, I thought it was beautiful that the response from the witness was, I'm not hostile. Did the pettifogger asking the questions actually get out of 1L, or did she die midterm? Your buddy Dave in the Blind. Did she get out of 1L, or did she die midterm? That damn rule against perpetuities will get you every time. And Cynthia in the Bay Area. And yet again, you can see why my hatred for Republicans is absolute and pure. And soon I will be restating my trust and will, and I will be writing out my Republican family members as uh, uh, beneficiaries per stirpes. They ain't getting anything from my estate after I die. Nothing. Well, you take care of that paperwork, Cynthia, and don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon. I'd, I'd, I'd take that as a personal favor. Pretty please. But yeah, it, it it's 200 proof. It's absolute. It's pure. Distilled seven times, Cynthia. That maggot hate. And sometimes it's not so destructive. Sometimes it's Sometimes it's cleansing. <sighs> Steve in New York? Yes. The answer is yes. Are we as a country really this fucking stunted in our emotional development? Uh-huh. Yeah, we are. Or is it... Is, are we that stunted, or is it just the multi-millionaire for-profit media? Is this art imitating life or life imitating art? Do they do they do they talk like they talk because they think that that's what we want? One of the things that drives me crazy out of all this. A pluribus unum is the fact that we can watch tawdry stuff like this happen in Fulton County, Georgia. But we cannot, however, watch the proceedings in the United States District Court for the Southern District of Florida, for the Southern District of New York, or for the District of Columbia. Because, well, I, I, I don't... I, are, are the are the federal courts that dainty and delicate? Because you know what the we don't want to turn things into a circus argument it seems like it's long since fallen apart. 
Now, when this case does go to trial, I will be riveted to the screen. I feel like this should have been. I feel like this should have been taken care of in camera in chambers. Uh, one quick Rule 11 motion, a little bit of testimony in chambers, and away we go. And you know, drop a. Oh, I don't know. How much do you suppose this hearing today cost? Whatever it cost, every penny of it should be assessed in the form of sanctions against Pettifogger Ashley. Not coming in from Angelo in the People's Republic of the Bronx, Fonnie Willis. So let's see. Fonnie Willis, E. Jean Carroll, Ruby Freeman, Shea Moss, Cassidy Hutchinson, and Stormy Daniels. Gee, you think that the Trump, that Trump and the Republicans might just have a problem with women? Oh, we'll find out for sure come November, won't we? Yes, we will. And maybe even before. I mean, I guess the only, the only, the only uh, woman in all of this that he doesn't despise right now is Aileen Cannon down in South Florida, who seems to be doing his bidding. I don't even think he's terribly fond of uh, counsel for the parking garage right now, Alina Havana Havana Havana. Because he's been pissing and moaning of late about overpaying lawyers. Now, one of the one of the truisms of the practice of law is that lawyers charge what the market will bear. Sometimes lawyers try to price themselves out of some markets, like say divorces, by charging an insane hourly rate. And nonetheless, people will walk in and go, "Okay, I'll pay it." Damn it! You got to learn to just say no. Oh, and by the way, we will be going to trial on the Fonnie Willis case on March 25th, one month and ten days from now. Well, no, let's see, 25th, so that's 25 plus, uh, that's 35, 39 days from now, I'm sorry, me, ciphering on the fly, never works. But yeah, you're right, Angelo. <laughs> They've got a severe problem with women. And don't forget, he also hates Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, and particularly Katanji Brown-Jackson. And so it was that, yeah, uh, some of the petty foggers were told they couldn't charge more than $750 an hour for representing Nitwit Nero. That's directly contrary to some ethical rules. A non-lawyer cannot control the practice of a lawyer. Somebody who's worked with Nitwit Nero in the past said that's the biggest issue for representing him. It's impossible to get him to agree to a unified set of facts. And, uh, well, via a report in the Washington Post, 
a complaint. Trump posts on social media without telling anyone, leaving his advisors and lawyers to read his missives at the same time as the public. You don't want to. You don't want to be the lawyer who's having to deal with that shit. He's un. But we've 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 remarked upon this in the past. He's unrepresentable. But the conversation continued over on MSNBC as Bonnie Willis got ready to take the stand. Whether they're in the relationship is follow the money. Yeah. Because the big question has been whether or not somehow by enriching himself, because Nathan Wade was hired to be a special prosecutor in this case, whether or not he used that money to take her on vacations. Yeah, and if he did use that money, that means that she would have a conflict of interest. This is the argument, that she would want him to be employed for longer, extend out this case so that she could benefit financially from the money that she was paying him for his um, advice. Again, we're waiting for DA Fonnie Willis to testify, and that is going to be a giant moment. It's a five-minute break they're taking right now. You know, what she just said was so repulsive and so misogynist. We've observed in the past that everything that a maggot or a representative of maggot says or Trump himself says is either projection or confession. I think this falls onto that. Because the maggot team is assuming that everyone else is as corrupt as they are. And thus, they assume that the shitty, underhanded, double-dealing, dirty things that they do, everyone else does too. A grifter assumes that everyone else is in on, is in on a grift of some sort too. And that's the assumption. I mean, imagine saying that if you, I mean, if you just kind of put this on a on a, on a on a on a whiteboard and look at it for a minute, it gets dumber by the second. Fonnie Willis hired Mr. Wade so she could pay him money that they would go on vacation with. Where? Rock City? The Caribbean? Stod for skiing in the winter? Oh, please. Pretty sure Fonnie Willis has her own money. I probably pay her about every two weeks there out of the treasury of the county of Fulton. But, you know, a woman couldn't possibly... simply hire a guy there has to be sex involved so repulsive as they make some copies of some documents that she's going to need in front of her while she is being questioned you can see she came in hot she does not want to be there clearly does not want to be testifying about a romantic relationship that she has with her special prosecutor a romantic relationship by the way which is putting the entire case in jeopardy because and well, we have our legal team here lisa rubin Catherine christian because 
if it is found that it's an improper relationship, there's a conflict of interest, it's not just Fonnie Willis who can't try the case. It's the entire DA, the entire team. And the lawyer for the office, for the DA's office, wanted to say she doesn't need to testify. There's no re need for her to testify. Next thing you know, Fonnie Willis is there. She's walking up past the table. And the last thing she said was, before she went to sit, I want to go. Yeah. yeah. But again, let's talk about it. So if she testifies, it doesn't go well, say this case gets taken from her and her office, what happens? So there's a prosecuting counsel in Georgia. The case goes to the prosecuting counsel. It has a single member who is in charge of the decision maker. He would then assign the case to one of Georgia's other 49 district attorneys. But I will caution you that that doesn't mean that the case will move along at the same clip. It's not clear that the case will move along at all. And they could drop we, the case. They could. Well, they could drop. Yeah. The other 49 counties probably all have maggots in their office. That was behind. That was what was behind that legislative effort earlier to let a commission established by the Georgia Maggot Legislature unilaterally remove prosecutors without even cause. Precisely, David in South Carolina stand asking, "What the fuck? But how does this erase any of Trump, any uh, any of this erase Trump's crimes? We have recorded phone calls." Trump asking for votes to be found. <clears throat> what conflict? They're both on the same team. Well, right. In order to find the conflict, look. I guess there's no delicate way to say this. At the beginning of To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. The epigram, the epigraph, check me, at the beginning of that is from Charles Lamb. And it's something along the lines of, I suppose even lawyers were children once. Lots of years after that, Jackson Brown puts out a song called Lawyers in Love. Last night I heard the news from Washington, the capital. The Russians escaped while we weren't watching them, as Russians will. Now we've, all, now we've got all this room. We've even got the moon. And I hear that something will be open soon as vacation land for lawyers in love. Remember that one? It is not patently unethical or illegal for lawyers to have relationships. Sometimes such relationships even make sense because, well, you've got a commonality of interest. And not to put too fine a point on it. But it's not even per se unethical in a lot of jurisdictions for a lawyer to go bed romping 
with their client. I know. Makes 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 my just. But it's not. But the nature of the rules is such that okay. Uh, did your client lose any money in the process? Well, no, Your Honor. Cool. Get a room, you two. But all of this, this breathless spec, oh. Uh, this truly is a thorn in the side Thursday thorn. And this thorn in particular is labeled the specula, the, 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 the speculative vacuous vapidity, the prurience of the multimillionaire for-profit media. Drop the case, but they could also stall the case. And that's what we've seen so far with respect to the investigation of Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones, who was in Fonnie Willis's sights. She was disqualified from investigating him in 2022 because she held a fundraiser for his Democratic opponent. And at that point in time, the case got handed over to the prosecuting counsel. It's had the case for over six months. And a number of media outlets have written about this. The case hasn't been assigned to anyone. Yeah. And the council has said effectively it's hard to figure out who this case could effectively go to. But when you're talking about th that, that case, it does also beg a question because she was asked, why were you so sloppy with this, with tr investigating this person when you had a political fundraiser for their opponent? So you have a conflict there, you can't get into it. And Catherine, it raises the question about this entire situation. And here's we're the testimony hasn't started yet, but we are watching inside this this courtroom. This is video. I'm sorry. Um, this is a moment ago. We're going to go back once it does begin, not to be confused by her sitting there right now. Um, how why is she in this position in the first place, a position to jeopardize the entire case? Well, the hard reality as I've been watching all day, I've been shaking my head because the reality is if as soon as this professional relationship became personal, Mr. Wade left the case, removed voluntarily got off it, we wouldn't be here today. As soon as it turned personal, that's when it should have been, you're no longer on the trial team. As he's sitting there, I'm saying, why is he still on the trial team? So this is an unforced error. It is an appearance of impropriety. It's bad judgment. But I believe it does not go to the guilt or innocence of Mr. Trump or the co-defendants. However, it's very bad. It just looks horrible. And I think in that case where uh, the Burt Jones case, the judge said, what were you thinking? Yeah. And you can ask the same question again. D.A. Willis, excellent D.A., expert in RICO, what were you thinking? Can we push back on that for a second? Sure. Because in the Burt Jones situation, you can see why she needed to be disqualified. There's a rationale for it because there's a con Thank God the clip ended. It's just so tiresome. Does it? Am I the only one that it occurs to that this is the exact same tactic that Nitwit Nero used when he alleged that Judge Ngoron was sleeping with his law clerk? Remember that? I know, a million years ago, right? It is the exact same sleazy conduct that he engaged in in, 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 in Manhattan's uh, Supreme Court. Uh, Stephen New York says, look, what she did was stupid. It was stupid because of the appearance of impropriety issue. Honestly, and I'm admittedly biased, 
but I can't figure out what her stupidity has to do anything to do with this. I, I think stupid is a little too strong a word. It's a lot too strong a word. People are human. People become attracted to other people. Things happen. Here we are. But it doesn't have anything to do with his guilt or innocence. He is still guilty as a newborn baby rat. But she handed she handed hell, Fonnie Willis did, uh, to Petty Fogger Ashley. As a lawyer, it takes us it it, it take it takes some chutzpah to call another lawyer a liar to her face from the stand when you're under oath. Moment, D.A. Fonnie Willis is being questioned. Uh, you saw her wink just there. I'm not clear who she's winking to, but um, she wants to defend her credibility, right, as uh, Greg Bluestein was saying. Let's listen. You can swear in our next witness. Well, then I do apologize. Anna, District Attorney Fani, F-A-N-I, last name is Willis. Um, Ms. Willis, when, how did you know to come into the courtroom right back? There were people I was pacing in my office, okay. and um, I heard someone yell, his testimony is done. Um, it only made sense to me that I would be your next witness, and I've been very anxious to have this conversation with you today. So I ran to the courtroom. So as soon as um, you heard that Mr. Wade was done testifying, that's when you just assumed you would be the next witness? It only makes sense. Um, did you listen to any of the testimony? I've been in my office pacing, ma'am. Um, did you listen to any of the arguments? I did hear the arguments this morning. It's ridiculous to me that the you lied on Monday, and yet here we still are. And I did listen to that argument. Um, um, all right, so that was it, just the argument, no testimony. Catch that? I was amazed that you lied in here on Monday. And Ashley didn't quite know what to do with that. She got called a liar, and she made no attempt to refute it. Right, I listened to the argument this morning where Adam Abadi, I thought, did an excellent job pointing out how dishonest you were with the court on Monday. And um, I'm actually surprised that the hearing continued. But since it did, here I am. Great. Um, so let's talk about, first, let's just talk about what you did in preparation for today. Um, did you meet with Mr. Wade at all? Once the, mo once the motion was filed, did you meet with Mr. Wade and talk to him about the motion that I filed to disqualify you. On January, this first January motion? Yes. I don't know if you could say talked about. Um, I probably had some choice words about some of the things that you said that were dishonest within this motion. So I don't know that it was a conversation. As you know, Mr. Wade is a Southern gentleman. Me, not so much. 
Okay, but my question was, Ooh. did you have a conversation with him? I didn't him? have a substantive conversation. You did not? I read this motion, skimmed it more up, so, and um, I probably said some choice things to him about some of the lies they were told. Okay. And then printed in the media because, you know, we used to be in a date and time where you had 60 minutes and people did stories and they verified information um, and you had this great reporting. But it seems today that a lawyer writes a lie and then it's printed for all of the world to see. Well, I just want to make sure that you answer the question I asked, though. So my question was... Overruled, Mr. Blatter. Um, I told you what happened. I read the motion. I am sure I told him what my opinion of it is. Okay. And past that, we had no substantive conversation. You did not. Fucking A. You did not. She just said she didn't. She said you did not. If you heard a minute ago, counsel said objection, asked and answered. The judge overruled that objection. She asked and answered it again. And then she asked again. Is it um, something you didn't understand? No, I just wanted to make sure that, that okay. you did not have a meeting with him in the conference room to discuss the motion. Right, next question, no. Ms. So in the... In the conference room of my office, within this week, you produced some financial document. That financial document was given to me, something, and I'm not even sure it was given it to him by me or Mr. Abadi gave it to me. Um, and I think he showed me a document in our conference room. But as far as a substantive conversation, I would not have, I don't believe I've had any conversation with him that is substantive related to this. Okay. Um, I have had okay. conversations with him. Um, since you filed the motion, but they wouldn't be substantive to this. He sent me uh, very nice uh, sermons that that have been done. And so we've had conversations about, did you listen to that sermon? You, you know, things of that nature. And I would say they were in relationship to this because I think he did it to be kind. Okay. Um, let's start back in 2019. Yep. So um, you and Mr. Wade met in October 2019 at a conference? That is correct. I think in one of your motions, you tried to implicate and slept with him at that conference, which I find to be extremely offensive. I stayed at that conference. Mr. Wade was my teacher. I did not meet him when he taught the class. I was standing outside talking to Lisa Reeves, who is a judge. Me and her were just having a conversation. Mr. Wade walks up. I think they hug each other. They have some brief conversation. She introduces us. Your Honor, I'm, I'm going to object. We kind of thought that when you ask a question, you can answer the question, not a speech. So I object to the speech. But I agree. I'm able to explain my answers. I believe you did with the slide practice. Ms. Merchant, that's okay. I can handle it. Ms. Willis, I'll ask you to just listen to the answer, or excuse me, the question and keep the answers confined to the question as best you can. I think you'll have more than enough ample opportunity on uh, when the state is well, able to It's highly offensive when someone lies on you, and it's highly offensive when they the try judge. to implicate that you slept with somebody the first day you met with them, and I take exception to it. All right. Well, Ms. Wills, she'll be... The judge wasn't exactly unsympathetic in that regard, was he? Lying motherfuckers. That's all. That's that, that's that's all. The entire maggot team is is a group of lying motherfuckers. Mm. Conflicts. Dave in South Carolina says, "Yet I never see GOP prosecutors taking off of cases against Democratic defendants, even when those GOP prosecutors have records in partisan GOP politics." I know. 
That's why one of the one of the most fundamental laws of nature, David, is I O K I Y A R. It's okay if you're a Republican. You can you can you can prosecute the case of who killed Cock Robin against yourself as the defendant. No problem. Oh, must be must be not must be innocent. But this is all part of a larger trope, you understand. This is the kind of stuff that Nitwit Nero was taught by his filthy old Klansman daddy. And it goes part and parcel with really ugly old rubrics in places like Georgistan about the uncontrollable sexuality of black men and women. You know, that's why old Mars went down to the quarters. He just couldn't help himself. He was captivated by 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 by, by that by that woman. Ew, makes my skin crawl. What a day. What a day. So we are past the top of the hour. Uh, program's been going. That was a little late. But that's sorry. Uh, but we've, I've been at this filler rockster for about an hour. And I feel like probably there are enough emotions running high enough and enough outrage at this charade, this perverse circus, this perversion of justice, that maybe, conver- well, that, that, that some conversation is warranted as opposed to me just sitting here uh, sharing nothing but my own impressions. Uh, Darlene in Connecticut. Judge McAfee wanted this hearing to happen so he wouldn't give any ammunition for an overturn and or a remand on appeal, but really? This got to a point where it was just tediously outrageous, and I think he should have said, get this ridiculous hearing out of my courtroom, or at least stop the fishing expedition and innuendo. I noticed he began to do that more as the clock was hitting 5 p.m. This was all anchored in racism and misogyny. It was so gross. At some point, I thought Wade was going to change his yes-ma'ams to yes-ums, which would have fit perfectly. Moreover, the violation of personal privacy was just gross and uncalled for. But, Darlene, it's who they are. And I reiterate, Darlene continues, Trump is given far more latitude and with and by the judicial system than you or I would ever be allowed. I stand by what I wrote yesterday. It doesn't matter how shitty Trump's lawyers and their briefs are. Even the SCOTUS is giving deference to Trump's utter pettifogger crap. And it was a trap for Jack Smith, which I didn't mention in my email yesterday. SCOTUS was trying to put Jack Smith in a bind because he had originally asked for Trump's full presidential immunity appeal to be fast-tracked to them originally. Now the SCOTUS wanted him to explain why they shouldn't take the case after all because Jack got the ruling he wanted at the three-judge D.C. Circuit panel. Translation, the special counsel is decision shopping. Fortunately, Jack Smith is even smarter than Chief Justice Roberts, or maybe just simply more honest, but he managed a fast and cogent reply brief. 
Trump is being treated differently. And Fani and Wade are no longer even seeing one another. And the fact that they once were in a relationship had no bearing on the grand jury decision to indict Trump in the first place. It was the grand jury that indicted, or as Sporkfoot might say, indicted. Moreover, how the is she supposed to meet someone anyway or date? More than likely because of the workload and the fact that she can't even live in her own home because of the death threats, she's going to be interacting with other lawyers predominantly. This poor woman was worried while testifying what her father was going to think of her because she didn't keep enough cash in her home. Fonnie is an upstanding lady, no matter how much slut medicine and activity white men might think she's doing. Yeah, that's kind of on the that's kind of on the nasty white men, isn't it? I wonder if Fappy Thomas watched this today. I wonder if Jin Surrectionist, his beloved partner, watched this today. Like I said earlier, I wonder if Anita Hill watched this today. That would I don't know how that wouldn't be just purely triggering. You're right, David in South Carolina stands, says Roy Cohn, along with Fred Trump, this is also straight out of Roy Cohn's playbook. Yeah, that would not have been um, surprising if uh, Petty Fogger Ashley said, Mrs. Willis, is it not in fact true that you are a black woman? Lord, Emilio, I wish you were wrong. So, again, we entered the program with a $915 fundraising deficit. We can, if we if we can finish off fr- last Friday and maybe Tuesday, that would be 315 we can enter Friday on the front porch tomorrow without a, without a four-digit fundraising hole. We are thus far at a goose egg. Sorry to even mention it. Let's run over to the stress line. Somebody wants to talk. Hey, welcome to the program. Good evening, Robin. Dave, how are you? I'm doing well, and I have some wondrous news from Christine's blind. Good. Uh, She has applied for a mortgage on her double-wide. And um, she brought her lawyer in because the uh, trailer court has been playing fast and loose with contractual um, obligations. <laughs> and he he told her that she's not the only one that... Uh, has come to him with something about these people. But the mortgage company is separate from them and they got him on the horn and they asked Christine some questions about her her past um, bankruptcies and things like that. She explained to them that yes, there was a time when she had a problem with overspending, but she got professional help and training and that sort of thing. And they were satisfied with that. And she'd been paying ahead on 
the trailer anyway up to this point. So they approved her. So instead of a $27,000 balloon payment, she's now got a mortgage over the next five years. So I figured that would be a little bit of good news. That's fantastic news. That would be a little good news in this sea of stupidity. Okay, now, Robin, I have a question. Has the quality of graduates of law schools gone down over the last, you know, four or five years? Because I used to live in downtown Indianapolis, and you couldn't walk three feet without kicking a pettifogger of some variety. And I have not seen anybody... This dumb since I've never seen anybody this dumb. Um, Is this all the maggots can afford? I mean, I know they don't like paying for shit, but damn. I don't know. So I don't know so much that's a matter of affording. Dave, you got to work really hard to make yourself unrepresentable and just a, 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 a walking disbarment time bomb for every lawyer in the country. The law, the law, the lawyers that we see representing Nitwit Nero are bottom of the pickle barrel pettifoggers. Yeah. Yeah. I asked Jerry one time. Uh, if there were clients that he would not represent, he says, oh, the hell yes, I like my law license too much. <laughs> you know, so I can understand that. But it seems like these, these uh, people who should probably not have even gotten into law school to begin with, are now in national prominence because they're the only ones that will represent Donald Trump or the maggot cause. You know. Wow. It's not even the the lawyer that's fighting the good fight that always seems to get beaten even though he's on the right side of things, he or she is on the right side of things. That's not what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a bunch of vindictive, petty, little minds that can't think their way out of a box. When the judge has to look over at you and go, well, you could always ask her leading questions and, I, I absolutely adored Bonnie Wallace's answer. But I'm not a hostile witness, you know. Who's being I mean, hostile the here? Only time it seemed, the, the only time it seemed to get under her skin, and I can understand it, is when they were insinuating that there was a improper sexual encounter uh, right at the beginning of the relationship, and 
the different things. That would irritate anybody. But I would think, and I understand emotions are high, but I would think that Ms. Willis uh, would understand that she can't always react like that. Otherwise, the judge is going to side with the other side. Well, there, um, there does seem to be that, that by the end of the day, it seemed like there was some consensus that uh, uh, this entire exercise was horseshit. Uh, and I, there, there's an, there's another thing uh, about this, Robin. If it stays with her office. That might also lure uh, dipshit Donnie to take the stand against advice of counsel. And I say that because he had said, as he usually says, a lot of things. He said that he would be in the courtroom today down in Atlanta for this hearing. And, well, he's not. Uh, so th there may be a little uh, strategy going on as far as Miss Willis is concerned. I could I could see it with Nero's uh, ego being bruised so badly from this little exercise that he'd be looking over at his lawyers and going, "Fuck it, I can out talk her." You know, and then dig that hole. Well, but, but understand, he yeah. hate, he hates Fonnie Willis, but he is also water bowel scared of her because he knows that she well, they all she will not she will not hesitate to speak to him in the manner in which he deserves to be spoken. And you know how Todd is always saying he ain't gonna make it, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I think we're getting closer and closer to that moment. I don't know if you've heard this yet, but I've got a clip here of uh, him after uh, him coming out of uh, U.S. District Court in Manhattan, in which he came unglued. I mean, this could even be, and others have said it as well. I saw this clip earlier, and it's like. That, that's the Stormy Daniels hush money case, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, and I mean, I, the pressure's getting to him. I, 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 still, I still think at some point he shows up in a wheelchair with a plaid blanket and a bib and drooling, <laughs> drooling oatmeal. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget the oatmeal. I mean, come on! If if it go, if it gets to the point where this where these trials start, he couldn't he couldn't get through the fraud trial in New York without losing his shit. He's and fought. I guess he finds out if he's banned for life in New York tomorrow. Yeah, and he finds out if if he's it may because of the Alan Weisselberg stuff. That three hundred and seventy million may turn into a half a billion or more. Yeah, 
Yeah, I said that a couple of weeks ago. And again, given the structure that Steve in New York has explained to us about the, the court system in New York, he doesn't even necessarily have a fighting chance of reaching the New York Supreme Judicial Court, you know, the, the Supreme Court or the whatever, the exalted the exalted 32nd degree uh, Court of Appeals. The highest court in, in the state of New York. Right. Yeah. It, it's not that's not even a for sure. But I've got this audio here. You might find it. Well, it's not going to be educational, but it's mm, informative. Humorous. And who would that too? Oh. In the courthouse in New York, let's listen to see if he talks. If. Yes. Mr. Oh. President, are you prepared to go to trial on March 25th? So thank you very much. Everything that I've heard and read, even from legal scholars, said there is absolutely no case here. It's not a crime. This is not a crime. When you look at what's going on outside of the streets, where violent crime is at an all-time high, uh, I think it's a very, very, it's a great double standard. The other thing, this case could have been brought three years ago. There is no case. They decided not to bring it. The district attorney Bragg didn't want to bring it. He said he doesn't want to bring this case. But it's not a crime. We're here for something that is not a crime. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. What it is is election interference. It's being run by Joe Biden's White House. His top person was placed here in order to make sure everything goes right. This is a this is a terrible time for our country. This is a real dark period for our country. His top person, Colangelo and some others, have been placed into the DA's office to make sure they do a good job of election interference. There's never been anything like this in the history of our country. With all of this being said, I look outside, I look at the streets, it's so different from when I left New York. It's so different. It's dirty and it's crime-ridden. And today you walk down the street and you get mugged or you get shot, and they're doing this where literally legal experts, legal scholars said they don't understand it. There's no crime. And there was no crime here at all. This is just a way of hurting me in the election because I'm leading by a lot. We're leading by numbers that nobody's ever seen before. And they figure this is their way of cheating this time. Last time they had a different way. This time they have something that's really down and dirty that no, frankly, no country does other than a third world country. So we're going to do our process. Uh, they want to rush it because they want to get desperately before the election. Uh, the election, that's what they want to do. They don't care after the election. They wouldn't have I have an answer for this. Whole this is all. Just, this is all just word salad, Dave. No, no. What, what, what? I think you know when he when he keeps accusing Biden of running it out of his uh, out of the Oval Office. What you mean, like you did with Bill Barr, Mister Trump? But see, nobody nobody gets to quit. But he said, you know, you walk down the sidewalk and you get mugged or killed. Walk down the sidewalk, dickhead. I'd like to see him walk 100 feet. Oh. You know, uh, just 100 feet. Okay. I'll even sport him a pair of uh, forearm crutches to assist him. Because he'll need that to prop his fat ass up. Oh, it's interesting. This is this is video, Dave. But he 
he he shambles forward and he's glowering, he's glowering, and he's kind of hunched over. And he, I I don't know, he reminds he reminds me of nothing so much as a uh, an old silverback gorilla on the way out. Well, you know. Uh... Oh shit! I'm trying to think of his name. He he used to do Trump on SNL, um, and they asked him oh, how Baldwin? he got into character. Yeah, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. They asked him how he got into the Trump character. He says, "I treat him like he's an angry man. That that he's just angry about everything." And that's probably a pretty good hook. I mean, I when I do mine, it's he's the he's the eight year old who's trying to get out of trouble and stay out of trouble. You know, see, by as, blaming as, yeah, everyone else as, as, around as, him. As for me, I've, I've pointed out in the past, my my Trump is a cross between uh, Cartman from South Park, uh, Bubbles mm-hmm. Bubbles from Trailer Park Boy. And Carl, the assistant greenskeeper from Caddyshack. But hey, at least Bubbles and Carl are, are, are relatively decent human beings. Cartman, yeah, he's, I think, Adolf might have been on a summer trip back in the 20s to the United States and went to South Park and had a Playing with Cartman's grandmother or something. Uh, <laughs> That's just disgusting. But you've got to think at some point people are going, well, why isn't Biden responding? Why should Biden respond to this? You don't. I mean, you don't respond to this. the 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 longer the longer he babbles like this, the crazier he looks. And not he, only he's he again back to Todd. He ain't gonna make it. From your mouth to God's ear, Todd. <laughs> I know. Well, let's let's hear let's hear a little bit more. Let's hear a little bit more of this madness, just for the fun of it. Okay. No way except for the fact I'm running for president and doing well. If I were doing poorly, they wouldn't have brought it. And frankly, uh, if I didn't run, they would have been extremely happy because they don't like me running and they don't like the numbers. The poll numbers have us beating him by a lot. So that's where we are. I'll talk to you later after. We don't know what's going to happen. We want delays. Obviously, I'm running for election. I can't. How can you run for election to be sitting in a courthouse in Manhattan all day long? I'm supposed to be in South Carolina right now, where other people are and where, again, this is where I should be. I shouldn't be in a courthouse or something that virtually every legal scholar says they don't understand that there's no crime. Even if he was guilty of something, there's no crime. No. So I will say that uh, enjoy it. It's a sad thing. It's a sad day for New York. They really do. Look, I love the city and I love the state. They have to focus on violent crime that's taking place outside. You have a new form of crime now. You have migrant crime. Migrants are trying to beat up our police officers. They're trying to do things that we've never seen before, actually. We are going to have a problem with, I call it Biden. Is this the migrants made me do it part? Millions of people came into this, this place, this 
country that has been so badly hurt. And they're, they're oh, doing having trouble finding his words before. So you have violent migrant crime and they're after me for doing nothing wrong. You know, I paid almost violent migrant million crime in taxes hmm. over the period of time. Three hundred million dollars. And they say, oh, let's get Trump out. You have people that it's everything is politics in this city, including decisions and judges and everything else. It has to straighten out and they have to focus on violent crime, not made up crime. Thank you very much. We'll see you later. Mr. Thank President, you. can you expand on your NATO comments? Thank you very much. He, ne- he never answers a question. Uh, no, there was. He there, never answers a question. No, it was it was just a monologue. But you know, you know who that reminds. He's he's those legal scholars he keeps ta- keeps talking about. Everybody knows that one of my favorite films is 1979's um, The In Laws, with Alan Arkin yeah. and Peter Falk, and an all star supporting cast. One of whom was the late great Richard Libertini, who played uh, the uh, who played General Garcia. And if you recall the film. There comes a moment when Alan Arkin. I've never seen the film. Oh no, Dave! You're breaking my heart. You got to. It's, it, it's one of the funniest movies ever made. But okay, spoiler. Uh, Peter Falk warns Alan Arkin. He's crazy, and he comes in and says, and he's he's got lipstick on. He he put lipstick on his thumb and to the side of his index finger. And he does that, you know, that thing, you know, where the hand, where, you know, the, 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 yes, yes, the senior Wences thing. Uh, mm, you want to, you want a drink of water? Oh, yes. Very nice. I've got a feeling there's a, there's a, there's a tuba cover girl back at Magaloco or something. And that's one of his legal experts. I didn't commit a crime, did I? Oh, no, you did not commit a crime. I'm a legal expert. They interviewed a woman who worked for him. She was an undocumented uh, migrant, and he complained about the stains around his collar, that she never could get the the orange stains out out of his collar. And she said, well, if he didn't wear as much makeup, it it wouldn't be all over your collar. <laughs> well, just remember his miasma. Fragrance from cosmetics, body odor, and... I, I, I know. <sighs> you know, maybe he'll, he'll, he'll uh, auction off his used Depends for the maggots. Oh, Jesus, Next. I was hoping you weren't going there. Sorry, and I didn't get. I didn't give the uh, warning. Sorry. No, you didn't. And dinner in the and dinner in the Central Standard Time Zone is trash. And apologies must be extended to Billable. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Billable. Uh, it was one of those things I got caught up in the moment and it just, it was out there, but and I think if anything, the prosecutors in New York and elsewhere 
are going to be just letting him ramble and ramble and ramble because eventually he's going to admit to something publicly that's on tape that can be presented in the courtroom, but Donald Trump will swear and be damned he never said it. Because, as we know, Roy Cohn wasn't gay. He just liked to sleep with men. Right. And even though there's a police report uh, about his Klansman daddy, well, that never happened. Gee, you know, I think there were laws about filing false reports in New York, even back in the 20s. So, you know, that doesn't make any sense. But these people are, are, are buying into wish fulfillment. His supporters are like, well, he's honest. He never lies. Even though he'll say the exact opposite thing five seconds after he says the first thing. Well, one of them has to be untrue, but that's not a lie. He really believes it at the moment he says it. That's like saying the kid says, well, I I didn't do it, but if I did do it, it was for a good cause. You know. I, I have to stay away from my the maggot member members of my family uh, because, frankly, I don't want the temptation of a potential homicide to crop up when they start talking like that. You know, I I could get some flavor aid and, and you know, <laughs> crush some sweet tarts in it and and, and 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 say here, drink this. What is it? Trump juice. Here, go for it. <laughs> it wasn't Kool Aid. It was it was, it was flavor aid. That's yeah, absolutely true. That the Jonestown uh, slaughter. I uh, I had a religious studies class at IU when I was going there because I was minoring in religious studies. It was cults in America. And one of the groups that we studied was the People's Temple. And Jim Jones started out as a respected member of the uh you could even have called disciples it, of Christ Church. Yeah, at the one point in time, you could have even called him a liberal or progressive Christian. Yes. As a matter of fact, he and his wife were the first white couple in Marion County to adopt a black child. And he was considered one of the most influential ministers in Indianapolis because in the early 70s, he had a integrated 
congregation. And it just spiraled out of out of control. He became a very controlling, very vindictive, very violent individual. Sounds an awful lot like Donnie. Um, you know, he starts off in the 80s. Everybody thinks he's the wonder kid of business. The art of the steel and all that. And, you know, Phil Donahue, uh, God only knows how many times had him on. And he actually could speak in complete coherent sentences back in those days. I guess that's before the spider keeps kind of hold of his brain. Shrieking but, H to H. But uh, he, uh, you know, and there were people in New York that were going, people, this guy is nuts. You don't know him like we know him. And every time he tried to sue somebody, he lose. The man has never, I don't believe the man has ever won a court case. Very and this whole, this whole absolute immunity is a playbook right out of Adolf Hitler. You know, I am a Fuhrer, therefore I cannot do anything wrong. Or, or Richard Nixon. If the president does it, it's not a crime. Well, then, then why did you accept the pardon if it wasn't a crime, Dick? Because, as I understand it, as has been explained to me several times, when you accept the pardon, you accept the fact that you are guilty of the crime for which you were pardoned. And so pardoning himself kind of sounds like it would be, well, technically he might be able to do it. Uh, You could then look at him and say, uh, Mr. Trump, did you do this? And if he says no, you've got him for perjury because he's already accepted the pardon that he gave himself. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I don't think he'll pardon himself. He'll... Well, there, there are things. He cannot pardon himself from the uh, trial in the, 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 the hush the money. New York or the Georgia Yeah, cases. the hush money trial, he can't pardon himself. He can't pardon his way out of Georgia. And frankly, even on a federal level, no, he can't pardon himself. Because you know there there would be people going running to the Supremes, going look, you've got to rule on this, <laughs> and Roberts is going, oh shit, <laughs> you know. But I'm thinking, you know, they think he's God, and I'd like to see the 
at the end of the world where where everybody's being brought before the throne and God looks over and says, ah, it's okay, Donnie, you get to go to heaven. And then you hear all of a sudden, uh, Lord, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg would like to read her dissent from the bench. That <laughs> I would pay money to see. <laughs> but, I mean, he despised every woman that's ever served in the federal government. And he definitely didn't like any any woman that was in a position of authority, especially on those pesky little courts. You know, it's like one rule for Donnie and other rules for the rest of us. And the only reason he's getting away with it is because his followers are well-armed and easily riled. They live for the riling. You know, my dad's been a lifelong Republican, finally admitted to my sister that, well, the party's wrong on a few things. And my sister Kathy, who is a uh, member of the American Federation of Teachers, uh, said, Dad, your party is wrong about a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, he, it's almost as if he doesn't want to vote for Trump. But if he's nominated, regardless of what happens in court, Dad will vote for him. Because the party told him to. I could make the counter-argument since my dad is a died in the world Catholic. Well, Dad, why won't you vote for Joe Biden? He's Catholic. Wrong kind of you Catholic. Know, you said you... Yeah, and and you and and you and you and you wanted to vote for Kennedy, but you were too young. The reason my dad got into politics to begin with was John Kennedy. My dad was very attracted to the idea that he could be of service to his country, even though he couldn't because of uh, a physical problem with his arm. He couldn't serve in the military, contrary to what he told my mother before. Shortly before she she got pregnant with me, I don't know how that would happen. But uh, you know, the old the old joke in the family is, okay, raise your hand if you're here because of the old line. Well, I might be drafted any day, and my brother and sister look over and they're like. No, I'm, I'm the first one who shot my hand up. <laughs> and Bob looks at me and says, uh, Bob, Kathy, Dave's right. So, I mean, they, uh, the thing is, these people will buy anything from him because they don't want to 
admit they've been scammed. They they don't want to see the harm that they do to themselves. I mean, for the last, what, eight years, the Republican Party has not had a platform to speak of. Yeah, it's most yeah, m- mostly just mostly, it, yeah, it's, it's mostly just clicks and grunts. Well, you know, and that's what makes me I when I was listening to clips from the the hearing in Georgia, where the the, the one of the lawyers from Georgia uh, was drawing out one syllable words into two syllable words. Yeah. My question is that is that so the, the Georgia maggots don't understand what's being said? No, that's just speaking. That's, that's, that, that, no, that's just speaking Southernese. No, that's just speaking Southernese. That's all. Oh, is that it? Yeah, absolutely. See, I, I didn't know if that was particularly just Georgia or if that was a Southwide thing. Yeah, that's that's a southern that's a Southern thing. Okay, well. That 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 would explain why prayer goes to a two to three syllable word in a Baptist church. Okay, got it. Prior. Yes. Yes. I mean, the the the. Is it just me? I honestly don't think this is going to get taken from us. There seemed, well, that's seen, what I was saying. There so, seemed to be a consensus so, that all the questions were answered. This was a stupid fishing expedition, and hopefully, this is the end of it. Well, what? There's a day two tomorrow, isn't there? To this hearing, or is the judge put an end to it? No, I think I think it does continue tomorrow, but they they, they don't they don't. It's a it, it's a fishing expedition with no with no poles, no lines, no hooks, and no bait. And no boat. Oh, so, so they're and no water. Oh well, then they can't. And no fish. No water. <laughs> so they just be playing in a mud puddle. No mud. Well, you know, they, you can occasionally well. find a mud puppy in there, but no. Uh, by the way, you just got a note from Billable Rick. I was just getting my afternoon snack ready when Dave pontificated about Trump auctioning off his used depends to his maggots. So you didn't quite get me, Dave. However, I wouldn't doubt it if Trump has thought about grifting with his own shit. By the way, does Kim Jong Un still not have an asshole? Uh, I thought that's what Trump was. Oh, that was quality. Yeah, definitely available. <laughs> the uh, well, you know, th- things down at the shop have been a little weird uh, since uh, we're we're running a week long special, our Ash Wednesday special. Uh, we we have a special project with the Little League uh, teams. Uh, we're crucifying all of our clients in the next week on ash crosses. Then when 
uh, the client is dead and we've buried them for the three days that we're contractually required to plant them. Uh, we'll dismantle the crosses and then turn them into baseball bats and distribute those baseball bats to various little league teams uh, in, in honor of spring training. Uh, you know, I, I believe that the beloved Reds will do it this year, but I say that every year. Hope springs eternal. Well, at least I I don't have to wait 108 years like the Chicago Cubs fans did. No, that's true. Um, you know, I called the Bill Press show the morning after because my grandfather and my uncle and my cousin all died before the glorious day occurred. And, uh, I, I said, you know, they would have been really proud of, of, of the Chicago team. They, they did a fine job and Bill was on with, uh, his, Producer Peter Ogburn, who's now working with uh oh shit, my brain is going. Um, a certain former senator from Minnesota who has a podcast of his own. And I, uh, I was listening one day and he said, and I'd like to thank my producer, Peter Ogburn. Well, Peter's a pretty smart guy. And I would love to find out what he thinks of all this because he, he didn't get right down to the, the core of it. I think that, you know, I got a text from some right-wing chop shop going, support term limits in Congress. And I'm like, no. And I deleted it, but there is a, if you don't like long-term stays in Congress, there's a, there is a, uh, a remedy for that. Put up a candidate that will beat the individual in question. Uh, unfortunately, I'll give you an example. As much as I love Andre Carson, and I do, the man works very hard, I've got no problem with him. The Republicans always put the same woman up against against him every general election, every midterm election. A woman named Lee Ping, and they're, they're always putting this woman. I mean, she's always losing. It's almost as if she's a placeholder. I mean, I haven't seen this much bowing and scraping 
to uh, a candidate since uh, Bill Hudnut was in office as mayor. It was so bad, and not that Hudnut was a bad mayor, but the Democrats would not put anybody up against him. If you want elections to work in this country, you've got to have candidates. And I can say this, my dad at least ran for for city council in Muncie when I was a kid. He He actually tried to get elected. So I learned early on that that was the way to to uh, deal with political issues. Yeah. If you believe in something and and, and you want to support it, campaign for run it. for office. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why I'm so proud of you. You're 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 running. You're you're not stopping. Um, and regardless of what happens in the election, you're part of that conversation. I'm trying to be. And, and well, you you are being. You know, I I hope that you do much better than you did the last time. I do too, but it's. But, I mean, truth be told, it's all uphill. It's all just me. So. Well, but the paperwork alone is mind-numbing. Yeah, yeah, I I can imagine because you got to have everything segmented off from your personal life and yeah, and and and, 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 and quarterly reporting and, and all your that personal silly sources shit. of income and yeah. But at, at, but at but at any rate, uh, I've got something here that it, it, we need a giggle. We need a giggle on this thorn in the side Thursday. Okay. This is precious. Uh, this is from that website that used to be known as Twitter. A journalist in Florida, now that Monkey Up has returned with his tail between his legs, having had his ass handed to him by the by Orange Julius and by uh, Mrs. Governor Ambassador, Speaker of the House Haley, she of Bonomo fame. He was at a, he had a, he had a news conference today, and he he took a question, and oh, Nelly, what a question it was! Yes. Nice try. Yeah. The, the best part was the entire room laughed at DeSantis. I don't know if you caught all of that, but... Uh, I did didn't you, hear any of the questions. Well, I, I tried to crank it up, but uh, 
monkey up was shuffling papers on the podium because he was trying to keep people from hearing. Uh, but he said, uh, I was wondering if you could square up your opposition to gender-affirming care and people identifying with the gender of their choosing with your choice to wear lifts in your shoes to identify with the height of your choosing. And the... Uh, Tell for that question. Yeah, and the... Uh, uh, let's see here. Try it again with the, with the laugh track. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Next. Yep. Nice try. Nice shot. That's a, that's yeah, a, I'd say it hit home. Oh. Go-go boots. Um, Kinky boots. I, I just got done listening to a book, probably one of the last books he wrote, by Kurt Vonnegut. Timequake? I got it on. I got it on Audible. It's called uh, "A Man with No Country." Oh yeah, you mentioned that. And I, uh, I started it on February thirteenth, which I did not realize was the anniversary of the bombing, the fire bombing of Dresden. Yes. So I find it. I find it, and the goddess of irony has, has your beloved correspondent in the palm of his hand, or, or, or in her hand. Uh, by, by introducing me to Vonnegut on the anniversary of the firebombing of Dresden. Yeah, and that he d- talks that, about. That doesn't that. happen just every day. Yeah. No, no, no. I'd say that I, I have a divine visitation, if truth be told. But in the book, he talks about them digging German soldiers out of, out of basements. And eventually, they had to stop because the smell was getting so bad. The, the the Germans were like, you know, cover them back up, you know. Um, just to imagine the horror that he'd seen during the war. And he was no fan of Bush. Oh, no. But, but the thing is, he, he talked about uh, growing up in Indianapolis. And uh, oh, his was a very well respected uh, German American family. Oh yeah, he uh, he he came from a a, a line of uh, his father was a painter and an architect, and his grandfather was a renowned architect. I can take you to buildings that they designed. Uh, that are still standing in town Indianapolis to this day. Yeah, there, there's one called the Ellis Building. It, it's a department store, or was. Um, I don't even know if it's even still occupied. Um, the uh, but every year there, there's a clock on the corner of the building 
And every year, right after they light the the Christmas tree on the circle, a cherub appears on the clock at Ellis Airs and stays there throughout the Christmas season and then mysteriously disappears. Um, but yeah, I believe his grandfather designed that building and I used to work in that building. So it it's something. And I remember one of the funniest movies I ever saw was Class uh, with Rodney Dangerfield. And he plays this rich guy who decides to go to college and he decides to go to college where his son is going to college. And his son gets assigned a paper on on the works of Kurt Vonnegut. And he's like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. He's fretting about it. And there's a knock on the door. And it's Kurt Vonnegut at the door. His dad is hiring to tutor him. And I thought, that's classic. But, uh, yeah, he talks about writing. He talks about uh, politics. He talks about uh Martian sociologists, uh, and they're not little green men, they're mob. But if you've got Audible, look the book up. It's hilarious. I read it back at the beginning of the century before he passed away. So, so you know about the Martian sociologist? Yes. And there are two questions. What, what is it about blowjobs and golf? <laughs> there are questions about American culture. What is it about blowjobs and golf? <laughs> God, he was brilliant. <laughs> and so I, I, I've made it my. Uh, my uh, goal is to read as much as I can or listen to as much as I can on Audible of stuff that he wrote. I mean, he he wrote a book on writing. Uh, what I always loved about Vonnegut's writing is that it is seemingly so simplistic. But if you try to write that way, it is damnably hard. Genuinely well, difficult. Um, but what, 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 what you should... Okay. Um, there is a... You know, he started out as a short story writer. Because back then, there were a lot of magazines and periodicals that featured short story yeah. writing. The short story, I love the short story and form. And they, they needed content. And yeah. Uh, at one point, he was writing stories and submitting them and being published by Cosmopolitan, which he referred to at one point as saying, uh, which used to, which which uh, was once a magazine that published literature and the like, and now has become a 
I think he said shockingly frank sex manual. Uh, but there's a there's a collection of his early magazine short stories that's just fantastic, and it's called the Bagambo Snuffbox. And those stories are concentrated, concise, quick, and utterly brilliant. And if you can, if it, it's I always get I always enjoy watching the evolution of a writer. So maybe start with Bagambo Snuffbox, and then. Player Piano and Cat's Cradle and Slaughterhouse-Five and come up through the entire uh, oeuvre of, uh, of Vonnegut's work. It does tend to get darker until... Well, his last novel was Timequake, and I, it came out eh, roughly contemporaneously with Man Without a Country, although Timequake was fiction. Uh, but by far and away, the darkest novel he ever wrote was Galapagos. And I think in a, in a prior conversation I noted that he was a, you know he, he he came from he came from visionaries and he himself was a visionary because lo and behold all the people in Galapagos are running around with little computers in their pockets that will translate each other's speech. And it even has some uh, the, the the device even has some sort of a name and it's supposed to you know, change the world as we know it. And, yeah, he, and, he, and uh, I think that came, I think that came out in oh nineteen eighty four, maybe eighty five. I remember seeing a uh, interview with him one time, and it was when he was first. I guess when Slaughterhouse Five was first gotten published. They had arranged a book signing in downtown Indianapolis at LS Airs. And he was sitting down there at the table with, with the books and, uh, nobody, he might have had five people that weren't relatives or friends of his <laughs> that, that came to the book signing. You know, or even just past the table, and and he he found that to be rather humbling. But then you look at what he did after that, and you people think that he was an overnight success, and I can tell you, having lived with a writer, oh no, he wasn't. there, if you're if you're if you're if you're if you're, if you're, if you're uh, interested in Vonnegut, there is a, I can't remember where I saw it. It was either I think it was either Amazon or Netflix, or maybe I'm just guessing. But there is a documentary on Kurt Vonnegut out there, and it was a brilliant watch, and I highly recommend it. But Dave, uh, we've made it into the third hour of the program, and I'm going to roll here. Please congratulate Christine. On her victory, I will, because it is a victory. I will, and we and we've and we've had a, a wide ranging conversation as usual. So, I'm happy. That's what ma- that's what makes um, that's what makes these conversations so good. And of course, I'll have to time my shot a little better if I'm going to ruin another one of Bill Holt's midday snacks. So. 
but I apologize. The shot was inadvertent this time. All right. I'll talk to you later, Robin. All right. You take care, Dave. Say hi to Christine for us. I will. Hi. Bye. Bye. Our buddy Dave in the blind and hate all the guys down at Crazy Dave's Crucifixion Emporium and, of course, the the woman who makes it all happen is Gladys. So, like I said, we are into the third hour of the program. There's still a lot of content. This could be, you know, these are these are the kind of days that this could be a six-hour show. But I don't know if I, I don't know if I could do a six-hour show. We've done four. I think we've even done four and a half. But I don't know about six. Uh, if you've got something on your mind, feel free to ring in. The stress line's open eight four four eight four three four six seven six. So to uh, Skype, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Kincaid Horn, K-I-N-C-A-I-D-H-O-R-N. And then there's the regular plain old telephone number, 304-574-8178. And they all come into the same place. A little bit of good news, as uh, Kim in New York City was pointing out earlier. Oh, this is fun. This is good. Um. A report from Politico, CNN has it, etc. A man named Alexander Smirnov has been arrested and charged with making false statements and obstruction of justice. Well, who might Alexander Smirnov be? Well, um... He's one of those smoking gun witnesses who is going to prove the corruption of the Biden crime family. Oops. The DOJ released a statement today saying that Alexander Smirnov has uh, been indicted for making false statements to the FBI that executives at Burisma, the Ukrainian... uh, basically frack gas company, uh, had told him that they hired Hunter Biden to protect us through his dad from all kinds of problems. And this was back when Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. Well, the FBI listened to his babblings, and they got a little curious because... Alexander Smirnov could not tell the same lie twice. I questioned him on more than one occasion, and the story kept changing. So, once again, another Hunter Biden claim has fallen all to pieces. Uh, this prompted, uh, this prompted uh, a, a few wags to ask, uh, hey, can someone check on uh, Comer Pyle? <laughs> because after his uh, the announcement of the indictment of Alexander Smirnov, uh, uh, well, among other things, over at Media Matters for America, Matthew Gertz said, 
Sean Hannity's Fox News show ran with this informant's claims in at least 85 separate segments last year, including 28 monologues. He said they proved Joe Biden engaged in public corruption on a scale this country has never been seen before. But it was it was Dr. Mary Trump who got the real zinger in. Hey, can someone check on Comer you know, to see if he's okay? And Rick Wilson over at the Lincoln Project said, Slow Jim Comer, hardest hit. Lee Kavarsky, a law professor at the Texas School, University of Texas School of Law, said, absolutely fucking clown car is stupid. Over at Midas Touch, Fred Wellman said, my favorite part of the breaking news about the FBI informant getting arrested today is that it was all done by the special counsel the Republicans demanded to investigate Hunter Biden. They literally beat the DOJ into submission, and the guy is dismantling their entire case. <laughs> Weiss did that? Gee, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. And just a little bit more... Uh, Uh, a little bit more drama today in what was a surprising move and yet another in a long list of republic uh, of maggots who don't want to play anymore representing mark green announced yesterday afternoon that uh, he ain't running for re-election yeah he's done he happens to be the chair of the House Homeland Security Committee. Early on Wednesday, he told CNN's Melanie Zanona and Olivia Beavers of Politico, uh, Oh, no, I'm not retiring. That's a weird question. Well, you know what Dr. Hunter S. Thompson said, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. He later introduced, well, released a statement. At the start of the 118th Congress, remember, he's from Tennessee, I promised my constituents to pass legislation to secure our borders and hold Secretary Mayorkas accountable. Today, with the House having passed H.R. 2 and Secretary Mayorkas impeached, it is time for me to return home. Well, HR2 is deader than Pharaoh's cat. And the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas was, in, I'm sorry, I'm still gobsmacked by this term, a non-binding impeachment. It's, I don't know, fat-free bacon. Coffee, free coffee. Some say that he's thinking about running for governor of, Te- of Tennessee, but that's three years away. But he doesn't want—he doesn't want to be in the Congress for the next two years, because it may be that there's well. So let's see. Uh, 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 Mike Gallagher has quit 
from Wisconsin. Ken Buck has quit from Colorado. Uh, Kathy McMorris Rogers of Washington said, I'm out of here. Molly John Fast said, I wonder why all these Republicans are retiring. It's a mystery. Yeah. Uh, but going back to today's hearing in Hotlanta, uh, some experts are saying, the, oh, no, before I go there, you're right, Ralphs, thank you, because this is a dandy. One of the people who catapulted the Alexander Smirnov propaganda was, of course, Senator Charles E. Grassley, who eats dinner off of the plates of uh, girls' state delegates. I don't know if he's still doing that, or girls' nation. He did that to Sister Carol Baker when she was young. Uh, Back in July, Chuckles uh, ballyhooed an FBI record that said that... uh, uh, there was an allegation made but didn't mention Smirnoff by name and didn't say anything about whether the FBI believed it or not. And Chuckles Grassley, crazy old, crazy old grandpa, uh, crazy old great grandpa MAGA, said, I've been pushing the Justice Department and FBI to provide details on its handling of very significant allegations from a trusted FBI informant implicating then-Vice President Biden in a criminal bribery scheme. And I want to take a moment to thank the heroic whistleblowers who brought this all to light. And so, as they pointed out over at Democratic Underground, Chuckles finds himself standing in his own shit once more. Of course, by the time this gets mentioned um, by the maggot maggot contingent, uh, it'll all be uh, the corrupt the, the, the corrupt Biden crime family made this go away to humiliate me. Yeah. Uh, some notes coming in. An addendum to Fonnie Willis, courtesy of Angelo in the People's Republic of the Bronx. Just saw this on Democratic Underground. It's a fun site if you've never, if you never, if you don't, it's good. Who is Michael Roman, the defendant on whose behalf this motion to uh, recuse was brought? Michael Roman is an American political operative and opposition researcher. Roman was a staffer for President Donald Trump from 2017 to 2018. He subsequently worked for the Trump 2020 campaign as director of Election Day Operations. Hmm. Roman has a history of making misleading and unsubstantiated claims about voter fraud. On Election Day in 2020, he posted baseless and deceptive claims of voter fraud. He delivered the list of false electors from Michigan and Wisconsin to U.S. Representative Mike Kelly, who provided them to U.S. Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. Staff of Ron Johnson tried to get these lists to Vice President Mike Pence before the count of the electoral votes on January 6, 2021. On September 12, 2022, the New York Times reported that agents of the U.S. Justice Department seized Roman's cell phone 
in conjunction with the 40 subpoenas issued in the investigation of the false electors. CNN reported in June 2023 that Roman had entered into a proffer agreement with the Smith Special Counsel investigation. On August 14, 2023, Roman was indicted under RICO charges in Fulton County, Georgia, related to activities attempting to overturn the 2020 election. Prior to joining the Trump presidential campaign, Roman headed up an intelligence-gathering operation for Charles and David Koch. The Koch brothers. He was a Kochhead. The now-defunct office surveilled and gathered intelligence on liberal opponents of conservative policies. And Jake, I think we all uh, we all understand and we all empathize and sympathize with where you are. Nitwit Nero, Jake in Columbus says, "Oh, just shut the fuck up! I'm so sick of this chaos agent, I could fucking scream." There, I just did, and he's still spewing from his rotten maw. God, I just wish he'd go away forever. Well, there's a chance of that happening. On as many as 91 uh, separate counts. So, Jake, you know, hope springs eternal, right? But hopefully after tomorrow, this silliness is all over and uh, move toward, begin moving toward uh, trying the most corrupt man ever to occupy the Oval Office of the United States. But Fonnie Willis, oh my goodness, she was. She was pretty amazing on the stand today, for those of you who didn't see it all. At one, because, see, it wasn't just uh, 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 Pettifolga Ashley who questioned her. The lawyer for hmm, Rudy Giuliani the man in a dress, went after, uh, went after her too, as did Nitwit Nero's very own petty hogger, Steve Sado. Sadow? Don't know. Don't care. Who questioned her about, well, money. And she, well, Bonnie Willis torched him. Because she is. She's a badass. I think is reflected on a debit card. I, what my recollection is, I took about four in cash with me. To four hundred or four thousand. Four thousand. But I remember I handed him twenty five hundred, and then the rest was just the money we spent. I probably gave three or four hundred dollars to uh, this guy who was a taxi driver. He would drive us every day around the two or three days we went. Took him to eat like it was my it was my trip money. And you had to be clear to end this up. The four thousand that you've just told us. But I didn't give it all to him. Remember, I only gave the twenty five hundred to him. I, I didn't ask you that. I was going to ask you that four thousand is part of your, my words, cash hoard that you had collected over time. Cash what? Hoard. H O R D E. Oh, I thought you said something different, sir. No, I'm afraid I wouldn't say that. He was trying to sneak in, calling her a whore. Cash what? Horde, H-O-R-D-E. Dumb fuck can't spell horde as in a a pile of money, or in the case of a dragon, gold, jewels, what have you. Frisbees, wheat checks. 
I'm afraid I wouldn't say that under any circumstances. Horde, H-O-R-D-E. No, no, uh, no, Petty Fogger. Uh, an H-O-R-D-E is what descended upon the capital of the United States on January 6, 2021. And among other things, the support, those supporters of Nitwit Nero, your client, uh, pissed in the floor and rubbed poopy on the walls of the capital of the United States. That's a, that's an H-O-R-D-E. What you're looking for is an H-O-A-R-D, fuckwit. And that was just one of many. Uh, the... Uh, Then there's uh, when uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani's petty fogger tried to question her. At which point in time, she remarked, Bonnie Willis did, Clients who can't pay their bills aren't clients. Because that pettifogger is probably getting hung out to dry. And then, then when they tried to imply that she was somehow dependent upon Mr. Wade... God, this was like the Harlem Globetrotters playing the Washington Generals. Uh, this was what the young kids call a sick burn. Mr. Let's go on and have the conversation. I've just asked you whether or not it was a coincidence. It had absolutely nothing to do with this. It's interesting that we're here about this money. Mr. Wade is used to women that, uh, as he told me one time, the only thing a woman can do for him is make him a sandwich. We would have brutal arguments about the fact that I am your equal. I don't need anything from a man. A man is not a plan. No. A man is a companion. And so there was tension always in our relationship, which is why I was give him his money back. I don't need anybody to foot my bills. The only man who's ever foot my bills completely is my daddy. Ooh, I don't need anything from a man. A man is not a plan. Whew. Uh, people agreeing she's a boss. But then there was this. When she decided to peel at the petty fogger Ashley Merchant like a grape. Miss um, Merchant, if you want more concise answers, perhaps you could lead the witness. I will. Thank you, Judge. Um, isn't it true that you met Mr. Wade in October 2019 at Judges Conference? We haven't gotten to the point where Ms. Willis should be treated I think we. Well, I'm very much want to be here, so I'm not a hostile witness. I very much want to be. Not here. so much that you're hostile, Miss Willis. It'd be an adverse witness. Your interests are opposed to Miss Merchants. 
Thank you. Merchant's interests are, per, are contra, contrary to democracy, Your Honor, not to mine. All right. Ms. Merchant's interests are contrary to democracy, Your Honor, not mine. I don't think Ms. Merchant's going to be okay for a while. They're trying to try the prosecutor instead of dealing with the multiple sins. Sacks of sin of their client. And then there was what went on in New York today. It's one bad day after another for him. And no, Todd's right, still right. I'm still my 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 uh my sawbuck is still riding on uh Todd's assertion with a little little buck uh, a little uh, bookie in London, you know, the, London bookies will take bets on which bird flies away from a wire first. So I got I got five bucks that says, as Todd has suggested, he ain't gonna make it. And so things did not go well in New York over the Stormy Daniels hush money case. And at one point, the prosecutor, Christopher Conroy, noted and complained to the court that the prosecution had still not received defense's exhibits in discovery six weeks before trial. At which point in time, the judge simply said, there could be sanctions for failure to comply. And of course, in, in typical nitwit Nero pettifogger form, they had prior prior to that exchange, they had been barking and grunting and squealing that uh, oh, the jurors are going to be partisan because our client is under attack from a Democrat. What they're trying to say so as not to uh, rile their petulant child client is that he's almost uniformly despised in New York because he bought that despicability, right? And then there's the controversy that is roiling the country brought about by House Intelligence Committee Maggot Chairman Mike Turner, who said that uh, there is a grave threat from the Russians, and uh, quite possibly have released, may have released, sensitive intelligence. And lo and behold, the corn the 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 corn pone answer to George so uh, uh, I'm sorry George Alexander uh, Devolder Rosenberg Santos 
I'm talking about Andy Ogles, uh, the guy who lied about his entire record on his way into office and scammed some money for a children's cemetery. Well, Andy Ogles said that uh, he wrote a letter to uh, Speaker Mullah Moses Mike Johnson. I know this is uh, a little complicated. But he complained that Mike Rogers had behaved unethically. His letter, and, and, and it's worth noting that Andy Ogles is another one of those creeps who is on Russia's side and not Ukraine's. So this revelation by the chairman was done with a reckless disregard of the implications and was not to ensure the safety of our homeland and the Merkin people, but rather to ensure additional funding for Ukraine and passage of an unreformed Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. This act constituted poor judgment at a minimum and a complete breach of trust influenced by the pursuit of a political agenda at a maximum. Mr. Speaker, it is with great reticence that I formally request an inquiry as to any impact the chairman's statements may have had on U.S. for, 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 for overseas and Dumb, 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 uh, home policy. Furthermore, as the chairman of the Select Committee on Intelligence is solely appointed by the Speaker and under your direct purview, should the chairman retain his post, you have a duty and an obligation to reassure this body, Congress and the Merkin people that the processes of the Intelligence Committee have not been corrupted by the very institutions they are charged with monitoring. Wow. Now, God, this is a, this is a, so I guess what is this? An, uh, is this a wag the dog argument? Well, it, it doesn't much matter because uh, the maggot caucus with the national security crisis on its hand and what uh, hands and this is. Uh, this is Mother Russia in space, and they want some way to kill satellites or some such. Or people, is this a, is this a uh, nukes in space, 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 space. But they're, no, they're, the, the, the maggots have bugged out. They're leaving early for winter vacation. Now, they won't be back until February 28th. For anyone keeping score at home, that's two days before a government shutdown that comes on March 1st. 
for some agencies and the rest shut down a week later. They were supposed to actually be working through the end of the week, but no, uh, the final vote will be was at 2.30 earlier today, and it was, see ya! Two weeks prior, House Major- Majority Whip Tom Emmer said, uh, oh, cry... The crisis at the southern border is the worst crisis we've ever seen. He's from Minnesota, don't you know? And he's in a hurry to get home because there's some hot dish waiting for him. (sighs) Yeah, apparently uh, 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 Russian desires to use nukes in space in violation of the uh, of a 1960s era nuclear weapons in space treaty that forbids that kind of behavior. And so, well, Mullah Mike let everybody go home before anybody could file a motion to vacate the speaker. Yeah, Mullah Mike, Stephen New York asking. Any over/under on the vacate resolution? I don't know. It may have been. It may have been coming today, or maybe even tomorrow. But uh, I'd say the over/under is related to whether or not the the maggots get the shutdown they're salivating for, Steve, on May the first and or March the first and March the ninth. And uh, over over at uh, my filthy morning habit, and the video even has a picture of the bell in it. It's it, it appears to be brass, and maybe it came from an old bank or something. But it's a big son of a gun. Talked about that at the beginning of the program. Mika has a bell now, but um, they were having a. At, at this point in time, I think they're just slapping Mullah Moses Mike Johnson around. Ah, for the fun of it. Border reform. They watch the news. They have phones. They have eyes. They know that there was a deal in the Senate. And Mike Johnson yesterday very, very desperately trying to spin what was a significant loss for his party in many, many ways, not just in terms of losing that one vote in the House, but as perhaps a canary in the coal mine for what's coming in the fall. Wasn't yeah. terribly convincing in his spin. Now look at this. Here, here he is spinning. The uh, the result uh, last night is is not something, in my view, that Democrats should celebrate too much. Think about what happened there. They spent about fifteen million dollars to win a seat that President Biden won by eight points. They won it by less than eight points. Their candidate ran like a Republican. He sounded like a Republican talking about the border and immigration because everybody knows that's the top issue that is on the concern, uh, the hearts and minds of everybody. You know, there was a weather event that uh, that affected turnout. There are a lot of factors there. That is in no way a bellwether of what's going to happen this fall. 
You, you know, it uh, snowed on Democrats, <laughs> you know, when you Democratic voters. Yeah. As much Blaming as the weather now. <laughs> on Republican voters. So basically what he's saying there is Republicans don't have enough money. Republicans don't know how to organize when it snows. And Republicans don't know how to run on the right issues. Sam Stein, that doesn't actually sound like a great vote of confidence. And he sounds... I mean, that approach suggests that the candidate's just as confused as Mike Johnson is. Uh, and I think I saw a Politico story uh, over the past day or two that a lot of Republicans are just saying he's winging it, that this is no, just kind, it's kind yeah. of chaos around here. Joe, you don't understand it was uh, strategically targeted snow uh, down to the yes. district level, knowing the voter locations. Yeah, no, uh, weird spin. Um, and yeah, it, it does feel like, uh, look, there's been a string of these defeats. Obviously, you can't say one special election is going to tell you everything about the political climate, but this isn't just one special election. I mean, on the same night, there was a state house election in Pennsylvania. Uh, we saw, obviously, uh, a string of other special elections, the 2023 elections. All these down-ballot races, or not all of them, but almost all of them, have really broken in the Democratic favor, especially since the Dobbs decision. Now, in this no. case, uh, the, the border bill obviously played a bigger role. But, you know, if you were the Republicans, you came out of this uh, over the past two years, uh, a year and a half, and you looked at the totality of these results, you would say, OK, we need to sort of course correct in some significant way. But that's not what's happening on the Hill right now. I mean, if anything, they're saying we need to actually continue doing what we're doing. They dismiss these things as isolated incidents. There's no introspection uh, from leadership here. Uh, if anything, they're tying themselves closer to Trump, who was the one who said, let's kill this border deal because I want the issue uh, in play. Yeah, and it, once again, whoever saw this coming, Donald Trump cost Republicans another election. It was Donald Trump's cynicism that the Wall Street Journal talks about, once again, that cost Republicans a lot. You know, I sit here, people like, Joe, why are you being so mean to Rep I'm not. I'm trying to help. I am here, right? <laughs> I am here. I am. I am like the. I, I'm. 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 I'm trying to to, to to fix your house. It is structurally unsound, and you won't let me do it. So you keep losing, Caddy. I noticed another thing though, uh, out of this whole election, and it's one of the reasons when everybody is like doing their bed wedding in February, they're looking at, you know. A Squars K's G University poll. I'm not exactly sure where that university is, but they're looking at some poll and they go, oh, my God, Biden is down by five points. The world is over. Wait, he's doing the cracking voice example. now. And Sam really brought it up. Since Dobbs, it seems like every election has gone this way. The polls may show a close race. And this in this case, the last poll showed uh, the Democrat up by one point ended up winning by eight points. We've seen it time and time again since Dobbs that 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 Democrats for some reason underperform in polls and on uh, on on election day when people go out to vote uh, those 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 people who are going out uh, for for abortion rights, for women's health care, you name it, and it's not just women, as we've talked about before. It's a lot of men. When they go out, they vote on that issue, and it makes a huge difference. And it did here again. It wasn't a one-point a, a one victory. It was an eight-point oh. victory.
Yeah, I mean, the, obviously the the poll that caused the most nighttime incontinence was the New York Times one last October, which had Donald Trump ahead, and that was a uh, you know a respectable, reasonable poll, one assumes. But you look at all the special elections, and we don't know how much you can translate a special election into an election year election when the president's name is actually on the ticket. There's some debate about that. But it's not just New York. It's not just Virginia. It's not just New Jersey. It's not just Pennsylvania. Throw Florida in there as well. And you've had a string of states where Republicans have lost who should have been in a position to win, who have lost to a Democrat. And that is the hope that the White House has. They say, look, when it actually comes to people voting, forget the polls. But look at how people vote. People are voting for Democrats, particularly since Dobbs. Throw in an economy that seems to be improving and consumer sentiments that seem to be getting more confident. And that's why the White House is thinking that it's in a, a stronger position, certainly, than it seemed to be thinking. I think that the panic that that New York Times poll caused last October has receded somewhat. There's a, there is more confidence in the White House at the moment because of these things. All right, we're going to... The cracking, the cracking voice was a nice touch, Joe. Um, Maggot wet dream, Stephen New York says a vacate motion on February 28th, and the government shut down two days later when they can't elect a speaker. Ding! I don't know, I may have to get a Mika Bell next. Is, is, wait, is that her Southern cosplay name, Mika Bell? Now, this one's kind of fun. How bad has it gotten for Nitwit Nero? The man who is praying as harder, harder than anyone else for Nitwit Nero to return to the, the Oval Office office, and I'm talking about racist Bannon, Stevie Three Shirts, the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells, is suddenly, or maybe not so suddenly, worried about uh, Nitwit Nero's mental health. It's a shame so many women struggle to lose weight. Isn't it just? Here's why the price... Stinking ads. To, I, I mean, it's just unbelievable <laughs> what the Democrats are doing. You have, you have, unreal. Uh, no. you have... The guy talking to Stevie Three Shirts is... Uh, Mike Davis, the founder and president of the Article 3 Project... What the Democrats are doing? You have you have, uh, no. you, have uh, you have Obama judge. But it shows you. Hey, 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 this just shows you, and they're so panic about this in the appeals. Folks, write this down. There is no law they won't trample. There's Don't no trick they won't pull. There's nothing that they will not do on lawfare. That doesn't even get. Trixie little hobbitses, Trixie to what they're doing in big tech. It does not even get to what they're doing with the financial system because it's the Federal Reserve and the Treasury is all in on this. You can see that, and that's why the inflation number yesterday shocked them. Every part of the apparatus is focused on one thing, and that is the complete and total destruction of Donald J. Trump.
so that even if he was to take the White House in November this year, that he would be too politically, financially, and quite frankly, physically, and maybe even mentally uh, uh, hurt that he then couldn't effectively govern. They are so afraid of MAGA's return to power that they are out in a full-scale operation to destroy the President of the United States, President Trump. The former President of the United States, at best, asterisk. But it appears that the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells understands that he is... that. Uh, that his daddy is melting before our very eyes. And there has to be an excuse for it. That's the deep state! And what in the hell was that bumper music? But you know what? I'm going to agree with that SOB for a minute. I am terrified of the maggots getting back in power. Because I hate fascism. I despise it, I loathe it, I detest it. And the maggots are fascists. There is no more debate on the issue. That is exactly who they are. They're operating straight out of the out of the playbook. And if fear is what it takes to motivate the American people to make sure that that monstrosity never sees anything other than the inside of a prison for his various and multifarious crimes, then so be it. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Because it's not just marginalized communities that stand to lose. He has a fascist urge for vengeance. And as Maya Angelou noted, when someone tells you who they are the first time, believe them. Oh, let's don't do that. Mika troll job, somebody wrote. Writes, wrote, really, Roxanne? Would it be too much of a troll job to send Mika a cowbell and tell her we know she's listening and it's okay? But send it anonymously? No, 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 no. Um, let's see, John Bridevo has his gong. I have the cowbell. She's got her counter her deli counter bell now i i, I just I'll, i'm gonna try to be up at the very beginning of the program and see because there's okay y'all there's something written on the bell and i was not able to i was not able to sort out what it is don't know and as we head toward the end of the program on this goose egg th- uh, thorn in the side thursday a little news about a Another lawsuit. Story comes from Fortune. The headline reads, because there's a paywall. A former TikTok executive, you know, I've, I've talked about this a little bit. I don't trust TikTok because of its ownership structure. Information warfare is real here in the middle of the third decade of the 21st century of the common era. And it just feels like TikTok is a weaponized platform. Well, a woman named Katie Puris, 
who at one point in time was the U.S. head of business marketing for TikTok, has sued. And the nature of her claim is that TikTok fired her, and TikTok in the United States is driven by a Chinese corporation called ByteDance. And she said that, in fact, she was fired because she was not meek and docile, as all women at the company are expected to be. She says she was a victim of both age-based and sex-based discrimination. I have no problem believing her. But the, uh, the uh, other part of it is that in describing the internal workings of TikTok in the United States, she makes abundantly clear that, that despite the protestations to the contrary, of the CEO of TikTok in the U.S., the money is driven, the corporation is driven, the business philosophies are driven, the corporate culture is driven entirely by the bite dance leadership in Beijing. Is that difficult to believe? It is not difficult for me. And thank you, Ralphs. And thank you, Steve in New York. Goose egg, not on my watch. Here's five bucks and a $10 challenge. Thank you, Steve. Well, if somebody else would like to kick in 10, Ralphs, uh, Ralphs got, in there, got in there first. But, uh, you know what? Let's count Ralphs. Ralphs met, yeah. I just read Ralph's first. But, yeah, thank you for that. So that means we are down, that, that takes us down to, let's see. Uh, mm-hmm. That means that we are down to um, 875. So, hey, before we got to Friday on the front porch, by Jove, we finished with fundraising for last week. Thank you, Steve, and thank you, Ralphs. Seriously, if you interact with TikTok, be careful. I don't go there simply because I don't like to be handed transphobic content on a 24-7 basis. I would prefer they didn't... Um, well... I don't want to interact with I don't inter, I don't want to interact with their servers or their algorithms. Well, thank you, Emilio. We're now down to 873. Thank you so much. It's so kind. So that's it for Thorn in the Side Thursday. We will see what Friday brings, and then we will see what kind of conversation follows on Friday on the front porch. I want to take a moment and welcome. Anybody who is new to the program, it's wonderful that you're here and it's wonderful that you found us. Please tell your friends and neighbors about what's going on here, about the conversations that take place here, because this is a unique radio experience. 
now in its 21st year. Woohoo! Yeah, 20 years and let's see. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Yeah, something like uh, we're we're eight shows into our 21st year of existence here at the Horn. But anyway, if you're a new listener, say hi. There's a contact portal at headon.live. Love to hear from you. Thanks to our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors, our challenge makers, our challenge respondents. We will be at 11.25 tomorrow. So basically, tomorrow we will try to uh, uh, complete the week. I guess we're $75. Yeah, we finished Friday and we're $75 into Tuesday, me and Cypher. No, $25. No. $27 into last Tuesday because I wasn't here. You know, missed today. But at any rate, thank you. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to Roger in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, please, like each episode if you're listening to the podcast. You know, whatever platform you're listening on, if it's Apple Podcasts, leave a leave a like and a subscribe and a comment there, or Podcast Republic, where it's really e- the easiest of all. Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Spotify, I mean, Brother Deacon Asa has tried to make sure we're findable everywhere. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot, get your RSV vaccine, get your pneumonia vaccine if that's available to you. I heard a story on um, NPR while I was out earlier today about promising information regarding the effectiveness of an Ebola vaccine. And just because of the times in which we live, the first thing I thought about was, gee, Wonder if rotted FK hates that vaccine too. Gotta wonder. At any rate, wear your mask if you're around groups of five or more, especially if they're five or more maggots, because well they they don't much care about who they make sick. They proved that during the pandemic. Now COVID's just endemic wash your hands don't touch your face use your hand sanitizer carry it with you pocket or purse maintain your social distance as best you can and uh, if nitwit Nero's lawyer approaches you somewhere saying uh, 
And was that $4,000 part of you, your whore? Avoid Steve's sado, sadow, whatever, don't care, like the plague, because he is. Oh, and Brother Deacon Asa says, you have two done six-hour shows. That's true. That's true. That was a booger. I, I was exhausted. At any rate, always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later. <laughs>